It looks like you've ended up a long way from home, Jadzia. What is it? It's just, uh, I hold my hands behind my back the same way you do. Ah. It's a habit I picked up when I was a legislator. I was one of the first women to serve as a council member. When I started out, I talked with my hands a lot, lots of emphatic gesturing. I discovered some of my male colleagues were imitating me, so I started to do this. I just thought it was an unconscious habit. I never realized why I did it. It's the point of Vichantara, to discover these things about yourself. It's so strange. It's like you really are Leela. Well, in a sense, I am. After all, what is a person but a sum of their memories? Welcome, everybody, to Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. My name is Mike. I am one of your hosts. And with me is my co-host, Johnson. Johnson, how are you doing today? I'm alive. Yes, you are. Yes. Well, for context, because, um, you know, it's been a while since we recorded last. I had COVID. Yeah. And I've recovered. You have. And I didn't die. So, you know, that's a plus. All good things right there. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's been three weeks and three weeks since we recorded almost. And yeah, a long time. Uh, you, the last time we recorded was with Nancy on our 25th episode. For a go. It does. Yeah. And uh, you were diagnosed with COVID right after that. Yeah. Did you have fun talking to Nancy? Yeah, Nancy was great. Um, yeah. She threw us some curveballs, which was, you know, there was something. Was, which was good, you know, yeah. and also, you know, yeah. Yeah, was, it, you know, it was like, um, you know, it's fun having a third voice. Yeah. But, you know, I think the problem, and I haven't told Nancy this, and she's she might listen to this. And, she will, you know, yeah. You're going to tell her now, right um, now. Well, okay. So, first of all, I was annoyed because she didn't watch the episodes we talked about. Because <laughs> yes. what our fans don't know, what our listeners don't know, is that there was a lot of heavy editing. It was like we heavy breathing. It was actually heavy editing. Yeah, it was like I was having a heavy breathing because I was annoyed. Yes, that. you were. You you did contain yourself well. You did because Nancy is not the best at following directions. Because <laughs> she is her own person, and she does her own thing, and we were very explicit. It was very clear to me what we were supposed to watch when we did our Deanna episode, and yeah. we all talked about it, we and did. then. Lo and behold, come day of recording, she goes off and watches like a completely different episode that we like. <laughs> yeah. And then so, so yeah, we had so to edit like that piece out. We yeah. had to edit out. And I was I was very annoyed. 
but I didn't I didn't say so. Well, I mean, if you if if you're one of our Patreon subscribers, you got to hear the whole. Yes, I'm sure whole... like all our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> the, the, I don't know who, who those people are. I don't know either. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I was annoyed, but it was fine. Yeah, um, I got over it. I'm so over it. I'm over it. <laughs> We're still talking about it three weeks later, <laughs> but I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Um, this is how you know Johnson is feeling better is that this is his yes. normal animated self. Yes, I'm uh, fine. I think the other thing though, because you know Nancy is not as much of a fan, is yeah. that it's you can't dive too deep into yeah. You know, I had to watch myself because like we had you and I had moments where we were kind of starting to go off a little bit, and then I had to like you know I was kind of like quote unquote leading the episode, right. so I had to like pull us back because I was like you know. She's there, you know, she, we can't like go too deep into like the mythology or like too deep into, oh, you know, the editing of like, you know, how they like shoot the, you know, shoot the shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just, like, it was like too much. Yeah. We were geeking out a little bit, you know, um, there was some, um, some good geeking out, but yes. yeah. So I think that's the only thing, like having a guest that is, and I've heard this, and this happens with other podcasts too, when they have a guest that it may be like less of a, like a less of a fan. Guest. Yeah. They, they need to like kind of dumb it down in some ways. Yeah, like that makes sense. Like make it like, they can't go too crazy into the nitty gritty because otherwise they're kind of like, you know, the conversation will spiral. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes we definitely go off on like these like crazy like sidebars. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the other thing too, is that when you're not a crazy fan like us and kind of have the context of 800 hours of, of Star Trek to, to pull from, you start pulling in the outside world and start applying it to, to what you've seen, which um, is an interesting idea, but it, you know, in retrospect, it's, it's hard. I mean, we were talking before we hit record just on some of the, the you know, the mistakes that Star Trek has made or the, the shortcomings, especially with certain characters over the years. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's uh, but someone who d- isn't a fan might pick up on that and say, why is it that, you know, why don't we why doesn't Hoshi Sato have more to do in Enterprise? I know, poor Hoshi. Yeah, so... Um, but you know what? She's aged well. She's fine. And I think she, like, married Rich. I think she, like, married, like, some, like, producer, and she's, like, totally fine. <laughs> I think she's not acting anymore. Hashtag goals. Yeah. She married Rich. There we go. Yeah, I'm like, I wouldn't mind, you know, like, oh, you know, have a four-year stint on Enterprise and then marry well and just, like, you know, live out my days. Comfort. Yeah. Uh yeah. we've talked about, you know, you and I have talked about how it would be nice to retire early and I wouldn't mind. You know. But uh that is not our reality. No. Hey, whatever. You're with a doctor. You're you're okay. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm not like complaining, but yes, you're uh, you're you're not like live, you know, living in the gutter. I'm correct. I am not living in the, the gutter. That is yep. that is correct. Yes. Um, but there's still hope for you. There, there, there could be your lobster could be out there somewhere. My lobster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, 
Well, it's good to have you back to your normal self. Alive. Uh, alive. And um, yes, it was, I, I think when we were texting, uh, the hardest part of all of this was you lost your sense of taste. Yes. So that was a little bit hard. I mean, like my taste is still not fully back, but I think when I was sick, so when you were sick, when you're sick and your appetite is not the best and you can't really taste or smell. It's like, you know, it's everything tasted like cardboard and I didn't even want to eat. I was like, I will get hungry, but then I'll start chewing and like, this literally tastes like nothing. And it was just not. Did you start to imagine what it should taste like? What I did was I force fed myself. So I took like chicken breast and soup and corn and I just in like veggies and I just blended it all. (laughs) <laughs> and then I just drank the mixture. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause it was like, <clears throat> cause I tried just eating like just chicken and it tasted nothing. And chicken when it tastes like nothing is not, is not fun to eat. Mm. Um, so, but I was like, I need to eat, you know, I, I need to need intake like basic nutrients. nutrients. Yeah, exactly. So I literally did this for like five days just blended food. Blended food and then just drank it. And um, it was effective. <laughs> it, w- it worked. I mean, you're alive, so yeah. it, you survived on it. Yeah. There you go. But it was, was kind of gross, though. Mm. Well, I, but at least you couldn't taste the grossness. You just knew that you were intaking. Yeah, nutrients. but the texture was kind of just like it, it was like vomit, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. No, so, that's not pretty. Yeah. Not pretty. But here I am. I'm better now. You're I mean, better like, now, and you're back. Um, but my appetite's back. So even if I, even though I can't like, I think taste as well as I can, I, I'm still like eating because I'm like hungry. Um, so what? Um, what are you craving, or what? What haven't you had since you've been better that you? Oh, uh, I miss. I don't, I don't know. I've had anything. I mean, so what, the one thing I really craved, um, and I and this is towards the end of me being sick, was pho. Like the, the oh, yeah, pho. yeah. I, I don't know why. I just, like, really crave, like, having, like, the, you know, it's a noodle soup. The noodles. And yeah, the broth and, like, and oxtail that. and, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, different, like, meats and stuff. I like, thin yeah. that, you know, you don't have to chew, like, a lot. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you put, like, it's, a, it's like, a light. Um, it's not, like, super oily. Like, Vietnamese food isn't super oily. It's just, like, this but light and tasty and it was really good. I, you know, um, so even though like even at that point, my taste wasn't fully back, I just was really craving for some reason. And it was great. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Any, so that's it. That's it for the cravings was just pho. Yeah. It was like, I had like, um, pho like two days in a row. And then the second <laughs> day I had two servings of it. That was, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, you went overboard. Wow. So, <clears throat> that was a lot of noodle soup. That was a lot of noodle soup. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, good for you. I'm glad you're back to normal and yeah. uh, mostly. And uh, we're back here to continue our uh, Women's History Month focus. This time we're going to talk about. And it's like the end of March. It's like the month is over. It is. What's April? Is April, April is uh, the, well, at least. Uh, climate like what you know, Earth Day, and oh, all of that. that's right. Isn't yeah. there like an Asian history month too? 
I should know. You should know this. You I don't should know, know this. Um, yeah. I mean, we have uh, yeah, Pride, Pride Month week. coming up. That's June. That is June. Right. Yes, that's June. Um, yeah. Yeah, April sustainability. Oh, boring. <laughs> well, we do need an Earth to live on. We should, we we should watch that TNG episode, um, the one where warp drive ruptures substance. So oh know, yeah, you know? yeah. That's it was like one. it was totally like environmental message, mm-hmm. but that went yep. nowhere. Yep. Was like um, um, a warp speed said, limit. Like a warp five speed limit or something. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't think that ever, I didn't think that did not make it past the um, Dominion War. Force of nature. I was like, it was on the tip of my tongue. Did not, uh, did not make it to the Dominion War though. They were zipping along at warp, whatever they needed to. Oh yeah, no, they, uh, yeah, they. When you're at war, you, you know, yeah. So the speed limit was just gone. No, that didn't have much lasting impact. No. Because then I think they were like, Oh, it's an interesting idea, but it's not realistic for us to just limit everything to warp five. So yeah, I mean, I mean, they made it to the thirty-first century, so almost to the thirty-second century. So we're just uh, a few ten years shy, eleven years shy, right? Wait, what are you talking about? Well, discovery, discovery yeah. is in the. I mean, the Federation lives in the thirty-first century, I so. I mean, clearly, subspace did not fall apart. No, no. I think uh, it's one of those things where they were just like, let's just ignore that episode. Yeah. Message episode. Yeah, as much as that doesn't have, you know, much lasting impact. Mm-hmm. There so we well. go. But anyway, getting back to Deep Space Nine. Yes. We're celebrating Women's History Month and we're no, picking our... no March. Technically, it's still March. Yes, five um, We are talking about two of our favorite characters yes uh they're incredible characters we love deep space nine uh watching Mm -hmm. these episodes has been so much fun Mm -hmm. that i am really wanting to go back and do a whole deep space nine what rewatch which you did last year i did it in like three months so you can do it at the height of the pandemic you were doing that right it was great it was so good yeah um definitely some great episodes and we picked some really uh Really good ones to to cover. So why don't we get started with that? And uh, why don't you start off and we'll talk about the character that you picked and you can kind of give us the episodes that you chose and we'll start from there. Yeah. What are you looking for? Answers. Found any yet? Where it just says, I don't care about the truth that all I want is vengeance. Are you worried that maybe he's right? All I want is to see him punished. Even if he is just a file clerk. That's just it. I don't want him to be just a file clerk. I want him to be, I don't know, something worse. You want him to be guilty. As far as I'm concerned, if he was at Galatep, he is guilty. They're all guilty. His punishment will let Bajor feel some satisfaction. It sounds like you're trying too hard to believe what you're saying. You already know if you punish him without reason, it won't mean anything. And you already know vengeance. 
isn't enough. Well, so there were, okay, so the one thing I would say is for DS, so for TNG, we kind of each picked like a major, a minor, like a, and meaning, a minor like character. A minor character. Yeah, right. For D Space Nine, we decided just to pick like our two favorite characters because yeah. I think the TNG one was like, it was a lot to cover. It was and a lot, yeah. We were like, it's it's fine. Um, so, I mean, you know, it, it's not like a huge secret. Like there aren't like that many like major characters since we're just going with major characters. Um, I mean, you picked Jazia because uh, I, I love Jazia from Jazia, moment yeah. one. I was kind of like, you know, uh, Bashir. I you met her and instantly oh, fell in love you, with her. Are you saying you're Bashir? I, I'm saying I acted like Bashir. I see. I see. You know, you're like infatuated. Yes. Yes. I was infatuated with her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love, and you know, I really like Jazia. Um, you know, she's an amazing character. I think that obviously her her story, especially with Dax Ambient, you know, makes her a really awesome character. Yeah. But my favorite character on DS9 is definitely Kira. And I think maybe overall she might be my favorite character, not just like favorite female character, other than I think Cisco, maybe. Um, I think overall she is my favorite character on Deep Space in Deep Space Nine. Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I I, I, will, I will love your kind of overall opinion, but I think for for me, I just really liked her because she was just so different from what we usually have in terms of a Star Trek character, and her backstory is just so complicated. And you know, on Emissary, when we first see her they set her up as this like angry woman that's just like shouting and hitting things, you know? And, I, you know, her, her setup was a little weird. Like, you know, they, they just introduced her as a very angry woman. And it was a little, I think it was almost in some ways turn offish because we've been presented with these very demure, these very perfect women, right? In, in Star Trek. And then suddenly on Emissary, you get this like, really angry, hot-headed woman who was a terrorist. You know, she, she was a freedom fighter slash terrorist. Well, you know, she was modeled after Ensign Rowe, right? Rowe Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, because, and, and actually the character supposed was supposed to be, to be yes, her. Yes. So, um, you know... Basically all to... the Bajorans are angry. All the Bajoran women are angry. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. Uh, apparently they are. Apparently. Um, um, unless you're a Kai, um, uh, but... wow, yes. Unless you're Kai Opaka, Kai Win yes. had her own issues. Yes, I love yeah. Kai Win. Kai Win would have been my favorite secondary. secondary uh, yeah, yeah um, she's such a good foil too. I mean, I really love. Yeah, I mean, I really loved Kai Opaka, kind of that grandmotherly type of uh, person. But you know, the other, I, I think my minor character would have been maybe Lita. Really. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, Wait, I thought your secondary character would have been Kyle Paka. Yeah, but thinking after we talked about it, like that she was on for such a short amount of time, like okay. another, you know, a character that kind of stood out and made a lot of, you know, weaved into the story, into the the framework of DS9 was, you know, Lita really did. And True, true. I mean, I think my other favorite character, like another secondary character I really would like is Yal. Because Zial, I think, oh, yeah. was such a. She went more. I think she more served a purpose because she kind of served this weird bridge between Kira and Dukat. Mm, um, yeah, you know, Lita was cool too. I mean, Lita, um, she was more like kind of just like fun, and jovial. yeah, 
Yeah, you know, but less, less angry, less of an angry with Jordan. You know, her relationship with um Rom. oh gosh, Rom. Thank you. I, I was gonna say Nog, but that was incorrect. Yeah. Um yeah, I just yeah, I you know, I think having a non-Starfleet, you know, a, a woman, Bajoran woman. I mean, she was a Bajoran, so mm-hmm. I mean it, it was a great kind of difference to see another kind of Bajoran. Right. But um but One yeah, but, less like war war scarred, I guess. War scarred, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Kira is an amazing, you know, I really liked Kira from the start as well. I mean, I think that that's why I loved DS9 from the beginning. It was so different. Mm-hmm. Um, the crew all had really great backstories uh, that we get to see pretty much within Emissary, you know. Mm-hmm. So there was just this complicated, uh, I mean, it was complex right from the beginning. Yeah. And, and Kira, you know, any she was standing up to the government and just yelling at them, telling them that they're stupid. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I loved her, her arguments with, with the ministry, you know, with the ministers, you know, she, she was deeply faithful, mm-hmm. deeply Bajoran, uh, just a really strong character. And yes, she was flawed. I mean, all characters are flawed. All of us are flawed, but um, just, yeah, she was just so much. Uh, she was a lot. I, I think that she balanced out Cisco's kind of calm. Demi- he was kind of demure at the beginning. You know, he was very like. Was he? Kind I mean, of. I, don't, I mean, you know, he, he had his moments. Yeah, he had his moments, but he was he was very patient and like even he yeah. he was very he was more even keeled. He was yeah. he was he was very much Picard like in that that kind of sense um he wasn't in you know i mean he was he had to be diplomatic because it was a very tenuous situation yeah yeah i mean and i i think you know everything that he had been through as well had kind of like he wasn't the the greatest fan of starfleet at that time mm-hmm. at the beginning either so i i thought that, that it was just an interesting it was great to see a powerful first officer really you know, someone who kind of stood out. And so yeah. I, you know, I, I think the characters in the show are amazing and Kira is great. And the episodes that you chose are, excuse my French, but fucking awesome. Yeah, they're I mean, very heavy though. They're very heavy episodes. They are, uh, yeah. they are for sure. But uh, I think um, just really great episodes, like definitely made me want to go back and watch. Yeah uh you know because you know you pick these two episodes but there are so many great episodes with kira being bajoran and being you know just you know being that freedom fighter that's forced to kind of become the first officer of deep space nine and and be respectful and it's just uh, i you know there's so much so much good stuff and also and i think we've talked a little bit about this i really always did love the spiritual aspect of deep mm-hmm. space nine yeah you know it was something that no other show had ever done before and um you know she she is a really faithful person you know yeah. uh, you know she believes in the prophets she believes cisco was the emissary right you know uh, not initially maybe but certainly came to believe it yeah and you know, i thought her faith was very interesting especially when compared to Kai Wen. And 
and again, I, I you know, I, I know that you're not the biggest fan of Kaiwen, but I really loved Kaiwen because she was a like she was a great foil to Cisco, and you know, whenever you'll notice that when you know one thing I notice, and you'll probably notice when you do your rewatch, is every time someone tells Ben Cisco. Kai Wen is on her way. He literally will put his head in his hands. He, <laughs> every single time, guaranteed. Like he's just like he does not want to talk to this woman. But I, I don't want to talk to this woman. I really can't stand she's this woman. So funny. But um, you know, I uh, Louise Fletcher did a great job with Kai Wen. Not this is not going to be about Kai Wen. But you know, I think that the thing that's very interesting is that about Kai Wen and Kira and one of the fundamental differences between them is their their faith. Um, and the thing about Kai Wen is that, you know, she, at the end, you know, decides to serve the power race or whatever. And one of her biggest things is that she feels that she she's never seen the prophets. You know, the prophets have never spoken to her. They've never, like, you know, guided her or they never, you know, she never heard them. And she felt basically slighted by the gods that she was serving and she was like why am I serving these gods that won't even talk to me and Kira is just Kira you know and she she hasn't really had you know at least we don't see there she had some but she hasn't had these like faith experiences like Cisco has like direct conversations with the prophets like she's had like an orb experience or two but she doesn't, she's never, she's, she hasn't like gotten these like direct lines of contact by, from prophets, but that doesn't matter to her. She doesn't need that for her faith. You know what I mean? Which is, which I think is interesting. Right. Like she, she doesn't need the proof that the constant backing, the, the constant like proof that the prophets are there for her and speaking to her and guiding her. She's just, her faith isn't dictated by that. Right. Her faith is sort of like she's able to look at situations in the past and realize that her faith has gotten her through them and that right. she believes that the 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 prophets have guided her. Yeah. But she doesn't know it in the moment. Right. You know, so she's always able to look back. And so that's where her faith comes from is like that ability to to look back at your life and see, you know, see how the prophets have guided her. And, yeah. and supported your, her and helped her. And, and, and also maybe, you know, to some extent, the times where she felt that they hadn't, you know, so she, you know, she's had a, you know, obviously a very rough life mm -hmm. uh, defending Bajor from the Cardassians and has suffered inconceivable. I mean, she's mm -hmm. a, she's a war survivor, right, right. You know, torture, war, occupation whatever you want to call it all of those things she survived and so um yeah i think that her faith has come come from looking back at things and seeing the prophets in action in her right. life but not having that spiritual moment of like i'm getting a download from this right. from the gods right now right whereas kai win i think her the flaw in her character is that it's it's about her it's it's about what what is what is in it for her and she's the one, like, she's the one that, she believes that she's the one that gets herself through things at the end of the day. Like, she, she's the one that, it's not like the prop is guiding her. It's, 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 she's, she's taking the credit, you know? I think yeah. 
at the end of the day, that is the flaw in her character and her faith, which is, I think, just so interesting. And yeah. one of the reasons why I really like Kaiwen. Um, but going back to Kira, because this is not going to be about Kaiwen. <laughs> yes, um, so, bad. yeah, I think one, you know, the two episodes I picked were Duet, which is a season one episode. And then Ties of Blood and Water, which is a season five episode. And duet so i don't know if I, I need to like talk about these like it's you know I don't, I don't know if we need to do an episode breakdown duet um just the memory alpha summary uh after a cardassian man arrives on the station suffering from an illness that he could only have con- contracted at a bajoran labor camp during the occupation major kira leads an investigation to determine whether he is actually a notorious war criminal so that's duet and it was a later season later season one episode episode 19 and then Ties of Blood and Water, season five, episode nine. Oh, also episode 19. Um, Kira asks Kenny Gamore, um, who was introduced to us in a season three episode, I think. Season three, episode season three five. Episode, yeah, second, second skin. skin. Yep. Uh, to come to DCS9 to provide information about the Cardassian government and the revitalizing dissident movement while Gal Dukat arrives and demands his extradition. Yeah. Um, so... I picked these two episodes because I think that they both really showcase. I, I think the one thing I love about Kira is how she evolves over seven seasons. Like when we first introduced to her again in Emissary, she's just this angry woman. She hates the Cardassians for good reason. And she's actually, she's angry at everyone. She's angry at everything. Um, and she because she's just gone through like we're talking about so much right um and i think these two episodes just really showcase how she changes over time particularly when it comes to how she thinks about the cardassians um this and surprisingly the first season episode duet that you chose you get to see that change yeah, like happens and first se- in yeah, the first in the first season there. or over this episode, you get to see her completely change. Um, so it's it's a great example. And then just really quickly, at the beginning of Ties, um, mm-hmm. Jadzia makes a comment that when she, you know, how much Kira has changed over the five years, she thought that you know every, she's everyone's friend now but five years ago she didn't think she'd have any friends whatsoever something along that line like oh i don't remember just... i didn't actually rewatch the episode oh yeah no yeah, that, I, that, yeah, that the very beginning i don't remember that oh, that's yeah at the very beginning she explains the wharf about kira and how how nice she you know how she's changed over five years so it was actually kind of kind of funny that um both those episodes kind of show Kira's change, but also that it's recognized by everyone. I mean, it could, yeah. how could it not be recognized yeah. by everyone? But yeah, you know, um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's really quite a fascinating episode duet because you do get to see her develop. So, yeah, you know, I, when, when it comes to duet, I definitely think that this was just, it was just such a good character showcase. First of all, because it was in many ways, it was, it, you know, it was a bottle show. So it wasn't like they went anywhere or, you know, there was like no big like scientific mystery, you know, that they had to solve, um, which is usually what we get on TNG. You know, it was really all just about Kira and her experience uh, 
with Maritza slash Goldar Heel. And that there was a little bit of mystery there, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't again like a usual like mystery of the week. It was a it was a character mystery. It was like, who is this guy? You know, like is he is is he a clerk? Is he a killer? Like, you know, who is he? And with Kira, obviously, you know, like especially given what we know about her character and who she is in season one, her immediate reaction, she, she, she has a visceral reaction, right? She, she just goes in there guns blazing and she's like, this guy needs to stand trial. And even if he was just a clerk, like it doesn't matter, right? Like, because this is before, even before he, you know, he eventually quote unquote reveals himself to be gold or heel. She was just like, he was there, he's guilty. Right. Like it doesn't matter. Like he just he, the very fact that he was there makes him guilty. She didn't want to she didn't want to dig any deeper. She just yeah, had the, she the, 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 the reaction, yeah. the face react, the 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 um, first reaction. And yeah. that was it. It was just like visceral. Right. She And it totally makes sense. Like she, she it's like if you you know, like I think that the occupation is very much like the Nazis. Right. And what happened in World War Two. And it's like, if you meet someone who was in Germany and was a Nazi, it's like your immediate reaction is like, this person is guilty. Like they, they stood by and let genocide happen, right? And to a certain extent, her reaction is totally, it's like, it's, it's totally expected and it's not unreasonable. But I think the very, you know, what is amazing about, this episode is that Maritza, like we turn, it turns out that it is Maritza and he, he wanted to be guilty because I mean, spoiler for those of you that haven't seen this episode, basically this guy goes through this whole process where he wants to pretend that he's, he was this gall that was overseeing this particular, uh, this particular concentration camp. I don't know what else to call it. And he basically is pretending to be this gall because he feels this massive guilt that he didn't do anything, that he basically allowed genocide to happen and that he was too cowardly to do anything about it. That he, 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 and he was like a clerk, he was a secretary and he didn't have, he couldn't really do anything and that was his position, but he basically decided that he needed to make a stand because a like to alleviate his guilt, but then B to also, you know, that this was the only way for Cardass the Cardassia to change was for him to force the issue that Cardassia was guilty for their crimes on Bajor. And that even though, you know, what's so interesting is that. You know, he began as Maritza, he ended as Maritza, but Kira's view of him completely changes because of his willingness to kind of sacrifice himself um, to basically like, to be to basically make a stand for what he thought was right. And to admit his guilt, to you know his quote unquote, his quote unquote guilt in his inaction. And, you know, so at the end of the day, there was no net change, right? Like he, like he, 
he came in the same person he he left as the same person he came as but kira's opinion of him and also her judgment of him completely changes and you know i, I just thought it was so amazing that she she came to that realization herself that she cannot like it is not fair for her to persecute this person and that she can't she can't judge him basically and huge props to cisco for letting her go on this journey he could have easily and odo too they could have they presented information to her and let her she was biased a, for sure absolutely yeah. for sure she was biased but they gave her the information in order to make a more informed decision right and to grow they gave her the opportunity to grow yeah and uh and she t- she took it uh which is the amazing part of it because you one you don't think that she's going to you mm-hmm. have you i mean everything she's done up until this point in the first season has been very clear that she hates cardassians and they should pay right and so this is a complete um complete 180 mm-hmm. yeah and she she looks to the future as she's walking with him out of um out of security and she says you know we're gonna need people like you you are you know you you need to help us heal you need to help us grow from this experience um and so you really get the sense of that she has gone on this journey and become something more than what she was yeah when she started and it's, right. it's incredible no, and her, um, like her acting in this episode, I mean, both of them were just really good. And it was kind of almost like a state, like a two person stage play, like where. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of, you know, a lot oh, of wow. them talking, you know, yeah. it's very dialogue heavy, but it is just, it, it's just uh, them yeah. kind of bouncing off each other. It's very much a stage play. I mean, yeah, this and, is. And, uh, yeah, Nana Visitor just did such a. Like an incredible job on yeah. the episode. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really her and Maritza. And then, yeah. you know, the surrounding cast, which was really just Cisco, Odo, and and the other prisoner, really. Yeah. It kind of has this impact. Everything else is kind of revolved around that. Yeah. No, it, it was just um, one of those, like, rare bottle episodes that just turned out to be, like, amazing, you know? Yeah um and yeah uh, yeah that would definitely be something where you know if you've watched emissary or if you haven't watched emissary and you wanted a taste of deep space nine go to duet see what you know this really does give the tapestry of ds9 really yeah for sure it's a little late for services major i needed a quiet place to think You got something to say to me, Constable? Say it. I understand you've stopped visiting Gamor. He lied to me. I thought he was different, but he's just like the rest of them. Is he? Really? I've seen his file too, Major. He was 19 when Kiesa was destroyed. He'd been in the military for less than a year and was only one of 400 soldiers at the monastery. There's no way of knowing if he even fired a shot. Well, he shouldn't have been there at all. This isn't about Gamor's war record. If it really mattered, you wouldn't have waited for Ducat to hand it to you. You would have looked it up yourself. 
What are you trying to say? That I should go back down there? Uh-huh. No, I wasn't saying that at all. Are you? And, um, yeah, the other episode, Ties of Blood and Water. I, I Yeah, I picked this one. <clears throat> so this was, again, a, a sequel to Second Skin. But I just thought, and Second Skin was a great episode, too. And we don't need to talk about it because we can just talk about Gia Zane all day. But just to quickly summarize, in that episode, Kira wakes up on Cardassia as a Cardassian. And she's basically told that she's been an undercover Cardassian, or undercover Cardassian this whole time. And she is basically recovering from this, this undercover brainwashing that she had gone under. And she is now home at Cardassia. And, and, I, and I had to go back and watch this episode. Like halfway it was a, through. It was a crazy episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, but you, like, so I was watching our homework. You know, I was watching the episodes, unlike some people, and um, I did not know why she was calling Gamor father or, you know, why he wanted her to call her at least by his first name to Kenny. Right um, at the beginning, and so I, you know, I I got through. Half yeah, the I was episode. like, uh, you need to go back to second skin. Yeah. If you don't remember so, second skin, yeah. you have to. Go I, back. I mean, I had some remembrance of second skin, but yeah. this really, um, you know, so I had to go back and watch second skin. And second skin is so layered, so amazing. Yeah, of an episode, I we could talk about that all day. Yeah, um, and that was also an episode where it is just a lot of just the two, you know, two of them talking. You know, it is. Yeah. It, um, yeah. What Another really standout Kira episode. You could have picked that one, I uh, y- you know, so um, and, and also just as a recognition of this, you know, most people say that season six are, is probably the deep, deep space nine's best season. But there are some I mean, it's gold. There's gold everywhere in deep space nine. And, mm. and if you've never watched deep space nine, uh, go back and just yes, go please. watch it. Yeah. Uh, it. You will not be disappointed. It is Star Trek at its finest. Yes, it is episodic. It is different than Deep Space uh, than the Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very different, and but it is still Star Trek at its core. I mean, it's episodic, but the thing is, like, you see these char- you know these characters grow and their decisions have lasting impact over time. Mm-hmm. You know, versus. TNG, as much as we do love TNG, it's just so silly when every episode is almost like a reboot. Yeah. You know? yeah. And once in a while, you're, if you're lucky, you have a follow-up to like one episode. And, but, and it's kind of sad that, you know, Voyager didn't take more from Deep Space Nine and that, you know, that Enterprise didn't either. Although yeah, Enterprise, and was, Enterprise has some nice, like Shran is a really great character that yeah. kind of carries through for Enterprise. Well, but while I was reading this, I think it was like an article where basically Rick Berman had PTSD from DS9 because it was so serialized oh. that it was like it was too much. I think it was like too hard on the ratings because you know back then everything was syndicated yeah, and true. it was hard for people to follow along if they like miss an episode because it became so serialized. Yeah, that for Voyager they were like we can't make it. It, it, it it needs to be more episodic you know going back to kira specifically and second skin slash ties of blood and water yeah so in second skin you know she basically develops this relationship with 
with Takeni Gamora. Gamora, yeah. Gamora. And through their shared experience, I mean, the thing is, Takeni was kind of like a innocent bystander in Second Skin. Like, he's kind of almost like a victim of what happened in terms of the circumstances where he thinks that he's Kira's father. Yes. And then in the end, they both discovered that they were both tricked because the yes. Kardashian government was trying to, you know, flush him out. Flush him out, a, yeah. As a sympathizer to yep. a movement. As a, dis- as, a, as a dissident. So they sort of yeah. bonded over that being a dissident in a right. regime that was... Yeah, so they bonded over the fact of their shared experience. Like, honestly, the shared trauma of what just happened. But then also the fact that Takeni was a dissident and was and, and was on the same page as Kira basically where he felt Kardashian needed change and Kira respected him like even out of this traumatic experience Kira came to respect him for the love that he has for his daughter but then also the fact that he's one of the he's one of the Kardashians that really need to kind of be around to make Kardashian change so they formed this relationship and we get this follow-up like what three seasons later or something like you know in ties of blood and water where he visits deep space nine and she's looking forward to seeing him like and she's really excited because a like you know because of the relationship but b also that you know he's he's potentially she wants him to be the leader of this right um, like government of change in cardassia yeah yeah um but he comes and basically reveals that He's dying. Yeah. And the reason why I picked Ties of Blood and Water over Second Skin is because I think that Ties of Blood and Water is just such a, it's just such a complex episode. And again, it's all about the two of them. And again, it's like another one of these episodes where it's just like so focused on Kira and someone else. But you know, we dive into Kira's own trauma of losing her father during the occupation. Her never, her kind of, in some ways, like seeing her father, like you know, because like he was he was injured and he was suffering, and she couldn't bear to kind of like be there when he was dying. And it it's that layered on with um, to Kenny dying and him kind of going through this end of life stage and him wanting her there. And then also, um, actually, well, no, those are three things, sorry. No, then then the other piece is the learning about Takeni's past. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That so, piece. Oh, yeah, it was, it was it, yeah, so it's, so it's her father, her learning about Takeni and that he's not perfect, right? That right, he, yeah. Uh, he has a past too. Yeah. Takeni dying. Oh, but then also my last point was kind of this like, this and this end of life kind of care where yeah. Kira is basically there for the, the two weeks where he's kind of dying kind of taking care of him um and no it's just so interesting because you know like I, I think I've shared I'm pretty sure I shared this on this podcast but like you know my father passed away in December and you know like that wasn't like a very traumatic experience for me because he was so old um, so it was kind of expected, but at the same time, even leading up to that, he was having more difficulty kind of just living, you know, right. and there were a lot of conversations that I was having with my mom about 
end-of-life care and things like that. And it's it's hard, you know, like you, you see someone just deteriorate and you need to find ways to take care of this person because they were not going anywhere and things are drag on. So there was just like so many, you know, there's so many things going on in this episode. Um, it brought up a lot for me too, because you're, you lost your dad and Dennis. Yeah. My partner lost. And that was mom. also a very drawn out process. That was a drawn, you know, it yeah. was, um, and you were there for that. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it brought up a lot of when I wa- yeah. was watching that, I was, I was really, it was visceral for me yeah, to just see, uh, you know, see Dennis in that position of Kira, yeah, taking care of um, his mom, and and you know, I'm not speaking out of turn when I say this, but you know, his mom was far from perfect too. So, mm-hmm. there, you know, there's a lot of negativity there, um, but yeah, so it was uh, so that part where she finds out about his past, yeah, and everything changes for a while was really you know it, it really hit home um and that's true i mean you you as someone who care you know i mean and dennis was able to forgive and and, mm-hmm. and let go of all of that but you know and, and i don't know about you you know whether you were able to kind of let go of any of the that you know difficulties that you you shared on you know on this podcast about um, your difficulties with your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to kind of let that go. And and again, we see Kira developing, right? We see Kira changing how she's acting, uh, realizing her mistake and then going, you know, and with the help of Odo again, again, just mm-hmm. another, another, I, another, really strong theme through all of deep space nine is the relationship between Odo and Kira. Mm -hmm. And, and although it develops into a love relationship towards the end of the show, um, he really had like in these three episodes for sure, definitely the two that you picked, but in a little bit in second skin, but um, he has really helped her grow. Yeah. But, but, also helped her grow by not forcing her to do anything. Right. Uh, but I think in this case, he helped her realize that, you know, I think that he definitely helps her to kind of realize that she needs to kind of see it through and that yeah. she would just regret, you know, she would just regret if yeah. she Because I think the parallel between what was happening with Kenny and her father is, you know, she missed her father's death. Right. Right. And that was a trauma that she didn't want to, she didn't want to be there when he passed away. Cause there was always so much going on, obviously, but then also she wanted to escape from that pain. Like she wanted to escape from that experience. And to Kenny. I also think she, she thought he would live. I thought like, I, I got the feeling when I watched it that, she left thinking, oh, he'll be fine. And I not think that, really... that was more, you know, for me, maybe this is my interpretation. I thought, yeah. and this is also my interpretation of what happened to Kenny is that she, she didn't, and I would totally understand. She didn't want to be there. Like, cause he was like not doing well. And she didn't want to be there to see. I mean, I thought that she didn't want to be there to see that happen to him. In some ways, what happened with Kenny and him revealing 
his past is that it also gave Kira the perfect excuse to not want to be there mm. and yeah. to not want to go through this pain of seeing him, like someone that she sees as a father figure, like die and go through that process of, you know, the end of life process and yeah. have to kind of sit through that and wait for death to come. It, it was an out for her. Um, obviously she was angry, but at the same time, she, I think, she also kind of used it as an excuse to not have to be there anymore. Mm. And I think for a lot of people who are taking, who are forced into this position of needing to take care of someone who is going through this end of life stage, they probably want an out, you know, they probably want, they don't, they probably don't want to be there. And I think that, and who knows, you know, like that's the way that I read the episode. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Odo basically makes her realize that she needs to be there. She, she, you know, she um, needs to kind of see it through. And yeah, no, it was just like, I don't know, <clears throat> like all those different layers, I think just makes uh, this episode such a standout for me. Um, yeah. And the end when like, you know, he dies like, and she buries him next to her father like this is, it was just like so great you know like i don't uh yeah just uh really powerful the end scene there i'm really glad that i think that's where they ended the episode too you know yeah. they the scene right before that is gull did caught wanting to take the body back and give them a presidential right, right. you know whatever not a presidential but a you know a huge honoring and um Cisco just loving telling him, nah. I'm sorry, that's already all been taken care of. Yeah. Um, you know, as a side side on this episode, just that little dynamic between him and, and Ducat. I know and... Ducat is also in a few of these episodes too. It's really fun. He's just like, yeah. you know, he's inserting himself. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, again, part of the tapestry of this episode is that you get to see Ducat change through seven seasons as well yeah um but uh yeah it's uh just another you know layer to all of this is just the the you know the the short interactions that cisco has with ducat just yeah. cutting off like saying good like not even saying goodbye like we'll see what happens and then ending the transmission like totally pissing him off um you know it's just uh you know, you know, and a small detail that annoyed me is that when the gem, so they come back from a commercial break and this Jemadara ship is approaching Deep Space Nine and Cisco comes into the into ops and the ship, the station is not on red alert yet. Oh, like you have you have you have and there's an Excelsior class starship hanging out just around like not doing anything like okay like oh i didn't even notice that oh yeah yeah there is these little things that like okay we we have a jemadar ship approaching the excelsior class ship is just going around deep space night and i'm like what the hell like why is not why are things happening this way (laughs) so um just uh just some little things that really annoyed me, but uh, but the interplay between Cisco and Ducat and and meeting Wayun number five was uh, right, right, yeah, uh, interesting dynamic as well. But yeah, 
Um, all all of that to say is that that's that's essentially the B plot of this story. Really. <laughs> yeah, there's a little. Uh, you know, neither neither one of these have a super strong B plot, which is very um very different. Yeah, it's pretty from, much focused on like yeah yeah, but it's very different from TNG where you always had an A plot and a B plot. Right? Oh my god, yeah, because so now this- yeah, uh, I I didn't mention it when we started recording, but. Yeah, like I've been watching like a lot of TNG lately, just going back and watching like select episodes. But yeah, sometimes you have like A plot, B plot, and even like a C plot. It's just yeah. like a lot. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, DS9, we get a lot more of these episodes are kind of like super focused on like one thing that's happening. Yeah. With so. some little intercut scenes, but not yeah. really, not even really enough to say that there's a B plot here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and, and these episodes are, are kind of like that um, yeah but anyway yeah like um incredible episodes incredible character yeah um and yeah there's even more i mean there's more like we, we you know like i mentioned zial earlier but mm-hmm. that whole you know the whole the whole Relation. thing that develops between kira, kira and dukat and Zial. Yeah. there's just like so much there too that i haven't yeah talked about, that we haven't even talked about um well, and maybe but, some, yeah. you know, I, again, me dreaming, but, you know, Nana Visitor is uh, is a big fan of the gays. And oh, is lo- she? Yes. Yes. Oh. Um, so there's, uh, you know, she she's great on Instagram. She does these three minute little like kind of life lessons from Mama Nana. And uh, it's just uh, she's great. Uh, you know, I, it's uh yeah, so maybe someday she'll. Is it Nana or na- Nana? I, uh, you know, I don't know. I honestly, I don't can't know. Think I, of it right now. It's been the long unusual week. name. It is, yeah. I mean, Nana so that's the that's the, that's what I called my grandmother, my mom's Nana. my mom's mother. So it was Nana, but I think I'm pretty sure it's more pronounced. It's Nana. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, now that I've said that, it sorry, is, miss, is, sorry, Miss Visitor. Um. <laughs> But she's a big fan of the gays, so uh, okay. maybe someday she'll come on Deep Space Pride and chat us up. Cool. We no, can tell her how much we love her. Yeah. Oh my god, I would like totally gush. Yeah, yeah. I would too. Um, yeah, she's an incredible character. I, you know, I, we see such a growth, um, and even in the in the documentary, you even see uh, see even more uh, what you leave behind documentary and when they do the season eight she has a big part to play in oh yeah she's like supposed to be like a vedic or something he's a vedic yeah Yeah. so um yeah it's just uh the character is so so amazing so so great so great um well we can talk about kira all day but we can move on to chadzia we need to talk all right what is it you want to talk about I want my memories back. I'm sorry. I realize this is difficult for you. But you'll get over it. Trust me, it's better this way. For you, maybe. You're both living out a life you never could have had otherwise. But it's my life you're living. Those should be my memories. Not anymore. Maybe they never should have been. That's where you're wrong. I earned the right to be joined. I am the only person in our planet's history who was ever readmitted to the initiate program after being washed out. 
The only reason you got back in was because I felt sorry for you. Curzon was famous for rejecting initiates. Why feel sorry for me? Now don't you use that tone of voice with me, little girl. You can't intimidate me, Curzon. And I'm not a little girl anymore. So kind of like I said at the top of the show, um, you know, I... And just like Bashir and Emissary, where I just fell in love with Jadzia right Ooh, from the yeah. eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, I, but you also had a, like, similar, similar to Tasha, you had a crush on Jadzia. Yeah. Definitely. You know, I think it's, I mean, for Tasha, it was different, but for, <clears throat> for Jadzia, you know, you get this very beautiful woman who just has eyes that make you think she's, 300 years old you know like she just has wisdom eyes and i think you get to see that in emissary when you uh see the transfer you mm-hmm. see her on the bed before and you know uh when when the symbiote is placed in her and they join mm-hmm. you her look just her whole features just change and i don't i think that's acting i don't think that was digitally done or anything like that so, oh yeah no so yeah it's her acting like she so has it's just calm. Yeah, she's just very, I, I don't know, I like the wise, wise woman. I just also like really like the Cisco Dax dynamic, you know, mm-hmm. the old man, uh, you know, being friends with someone and, and being friends for two, you know, that long for two generations of, yeah, of Dax's is, um, is really cool. But so I yeah, so Dax has always been a favorite of mine. Um and so I chose, well, I chose incorrectly first. I, I, it has been okay. a while since I've watched Deep Space Nine. So I should I, have said something. You should have said something. Yeah, yes. Something. But so I watched um, Invasive Procedures and thinking that, oh, having her, her symbiote stolen would be an interesting, you know, to see. But she ended up really not doing much. It was really about, the guy try, or whatever his name was. I can't even think of his name right now, but uh, stealing the Dax symbiote mm-hmm. and that whole thing, the like between him and Cisco. So, um, so went back, we had already mentioned it before we were, I was already, I'd already chosen facets. So then you brought up rejoined and yes. uh, that was a good, good fill in. So that was a good, great episode. So, and it also goes really well with facets. So facets is is at the end of season three. Um, It's right before the season finale. And, you know, so the, the really quick and dirty description of the episode is Jazia prepares for her Zintar or Zantar, uh, the trill rite of closure Uh, during pronounce it. Yeah. I can't remember during the ritual Jazia will meet Dax's previous hosts, which is kind of cool. Um, so, you know, you, you really get to see the, the breadth of history that is embodied in, in Jadzia Dax, uh, through these characters and all of the people who agreed to be part of this did a really awesome job in, (laughs) uh, playing playing all those characters. Yeah. I love like, uh, Armin Sherman's performance. Yes. Yes. When Quark was. What who was the host? That he was, was uh, Audrids. Yeah, he was Audrids. Yeah. So Cisco joked and said at the beginning, you know, 
does Quark realize that he agreed to be one of your fe- female yeah, like a woman hosts? And um, so, yeah, it was interesting. But then he, he pops out in the middle and says, how much is this? How much longer is this yeah, going to take? Um, which is really, you know, really cool uh, to see one to see that. I think we needed to see that from a story perspective that they could break out of it easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, Kira uh, did her first host, Leela, uh, Nana Visitor did an awesome job in just totally changing the pitch of her voice mm-hmm. and acting very differently. And her body language too. Yeah. And then Tobin was Chief O'Brien. Um, Emony was uh, Lita. Lita. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Emony, you and I were just talking about, Emony comes up, uh, came up recently in Discovery in the stand, uh, the novel Die Standing. I totally forgot that you mentioned that. Yeah, was, she like, played a big part about? in that. Yeah. Um, so uh, then it was Audrid with Quark and then Tarias with Julian. Mm-hmm. And then we get um, so and then, and from the beginning, it's set up right to the Benjamin's going to do Joran. Yeah. The the psychopathic killer. And, and that was a super creepy scene. Uh, really? Yeah, he, um, you know, he played. Avery Brooks play, played him like really creepy. It was interesting. Almost kind of like. Um, like Sounds this like, weird, soft spoken, but creepy yeah. kind of guy, though when we see him later in season seven, I mentioned to you like in that Esri episode, um, obviously it's a different actor and he plays him completely different. Yeah. um, Yeah. yeah, It was just like, uh, it wasn't the same actor from uh, Equilibrium. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. No, I think they lost it. Um, But yeah, no, I thought that was interesting. Like, you know, all the different embodiments of the different hosts. That was cool. Yeah, I, and you know, I I mean, obviously, we know that the story turns out all right, but I was I was in the story, and I was realizing, well, because it had been obviously it's been a while since I've watched these these episodes, and I was really kind of concerned that Joran was going to take over Benjamin for a little while Uh-oh. and like do some, I because I couldn't remember how the the episode played out. So oh. yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's more about Curzon, Curzon's relationship with Jensen. yeah, with Dad, yeah. yeah. So, but Duran also brings out that creepy, like he brings he brings out this uh, insecurity in Dax, mm-hmm. which you don't really, you know, because right. she still has, you know, she I think she gets a lot of her her steadfastness and her gumption from Curzon, and mm-hmm. Curzon was still in her at yeah. that point so um it was interesting to see her react to joran but i think he was just oh so creepy yeah, yeah. but he definitely tried to undermine her right from the get-go mm-hmm. um but then you know the bulk of the story really is about curzon and and odo which you know renee Chenois. uh did a phenomenal job it was great actually to see him play something someone so yeah, like, lively different. and yeah. different and yeah it was just really cool but you know it's it's great to see well so the, the reason why he could stay in odo's body is because odo and him sort of agreed right, right. to the transformation yeah, yeah um and i'll bring this back i'll bring this point up again when we talk about rejoin because i i have a question about the whole 
idea of how much control does the, the symbiote have over the host. Right. Well, um, I mean, I think it's, um, I mean, we see in season seven of Esri, it gets, because Esri didn't have the right training. Right. Yeah. It was, you know, the Dax symbiote was kind of thrust upon her. She was very, very confused. Like she was, it, many, there were many episodes dedicated to her kind of figuring out her identity because she was just like really thrown for a loop after she got the symbiote. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just an it was an emergency yeah. joining, really. So she, yeah, she had none of the preparations. Yeah, I just you know when we get to rejoin, I'll talk a little bit about like how I don't understand why Tarias got so so much control. It just seemed like Tarias Dax kind of took over Jadzia Dax in that episode, um, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about mm. that. But um, but for you know to see the relationship between Curzon, because obviously we've heard Curzon's name constantly from, from Emissary onward. Right. Um, so this is the first time we really get to see Curzon like brought to life. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we learn that, you know, he, he, he kicked her out of the, the, um, the training program. The training, training. right. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, but then, you know, he, he did it, let her come back and she didn't understand why. So all of these things, you know, I, I guess this whole episode really is about closure for Jazia in this whole process of becoming, um, becoming the host for Dax, but it, it just gave a really great timeline. And, and, you know, you, you kind of see, and, 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 you know, Terry Farrell plays it out really well too. You get to see how, um, how all of the, her symbiotes are part of her character. Yeah. Now, which I thought was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that for me, you know, um, I love, I, I really like Dax, like Jadzia Dax as a character, but I also think it's interesting because the thing about her character is that we don't actually know that much about Jadzia, the woman, like herself before she became like Jadzia Dax. We know, we know bits right. and pieces, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that her character, it's more about her as Jadzia Dax than as Jadzia. So the layers to her character is about all these other personalities that live, you know, in their memories that live within her. Right. Um, I thought that was interesting. You know, I, I think that's, but at the same time for me, um, I think that that's one of the things about Jadzia where I'm, in some ways I find that less attractive because Kira, you know, who we just talked about, her complexity is her own, right? Yeah, it's like her right, experience, yeah. like her own experiences. It's not these like past lives, past memories that make her who she is. Right. And her layers are based upon her experiences versus Jazia Dax, who, you know, the interesting thing about her character is that she has all these like past, you know, she has 300 years of life experience. Right. Um, yeah. But it's not really her own. It's like, you know, it's like she, she inherited it. Right. So, yeah, I, you know, I like her. I definitely think that she's a compelling character and she had, you know, you're right. Like she has this calm about her and she's a scientist. I love scientists. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I always like that. Um, I always like that about her, but at the same time, I feel that she, um, in some ways she almost lacks a complexity because it is about, 
her, you know, her past hosts versus yeah, he is. Um, I don't want to make it. I don't want to make it sound like you know, like she's not interesting. It's not that. It's no, just- and you know the the funny thing is though, and you mentioned it earlier. They sort of explore what what it's like, what maybe Jadzia was like in Esri, you know, be, you know, because Esri didn't get all the training, but I imagine that Esri, Esri before she became Esri Dax was probably very similar to Jadzia. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways. And so they did get to kind of explore that, but uh, from a different angle, meaning she was untrained, but um, yeah, I just thought it was really, I, for me, I think what we, looking at all of the Dax things, you know, equilibrium, because I watched that because of, um, because of discovery, Mm, but you, you get to see how this, and then then I read somewhere else that, you know, there was a picture of maybe it was on Twitter today or whatever, but there was a picture of an early version of Dax, uh, Terry Farrell as her makeup. Yeah. Her makeup. Yeah. Her makeup was different. Yeah. Yeah. Different things. Yeah, because they had done it from the from TNG, right? So yeah, like Odon. Odon, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was I, very different. It was like it was, very, yeah, very different show makeup. Yeah, but I like. I what think they it, did. She, I think she had what prosthetics, and then I think they were it's, like, it was Why? like a ridge on the head, on the forehead, and yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But I and think, they were like, uh, we have this like beautiful woman. Let's just like make it simple or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the spots I think really do define the the race very nicely. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's just that you you get to you get really. Oh, what I was saying was this idea of world building. They really did build in Deep Space Nine. They really did build out. They built up Bajor and that whole, and the Cardassians, yes. but we also got to see some world building for Trill, and um, yeah. and and, and Ranginar. <laughs> And for Ranginar, yeah, and exactly. Ranginar was like, yeah, it was there was a lot of actually. Yeah, actually. we could do a whole show on just on the Frangi development. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's what I enjoyed about this is kind of seeing the history of all of this and seeing the layers of of the things that Jazia does, like the hands behind her back, which she, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that was interesting. Like that, which she did from the first episode. You know, yeah. that's not so. It's something that she got pulled in. You know, so. So kudos to the writers, right, for pulling in all of those things about Jazia Dax's character that they had done for three seasons mm-hmm. and tying it in different pieces into each of the hosts. I thought that was really cool. Um, Curzon obviously was the easiest, but I like the other the other pieces, the music and the mm-hmm. mathematics equations, so the science piece of it. Yeah, um, from Tobin. So yeah, I just, uh, the oh, and for Emily in the gymnastics was the oh yeah the, the karate Klingon, or like the Klingon Klingon martial arts yeah. yeah so just a lot of cool little things I thought was really really interesting and then we get to go to uh, so that's you know that you know obviously the end of that episode she confronts. Curzon mm-hmm. reintegrates and and everything's fine, but it's it's just a really good, you know, you you we do get to see Curzon come to life for the first time. Yeah. But, but I also thought it's interesting because you know it, it, Odo's kind of in the background, but that Odo kind of likes 
you know, because he agrees to it. Because he agrees yeah, right, wanna, yeah. You know, we'll think Curzon kind of like like the idea of kind of staying together, and I think Odo kind of kind of liking that, even though it was a passive thing because we don't see Odo actually talk about it that much. But that Odo kind of likes himself with Curzon in him, and having that, I think, that confidence and like that just having that kind of more social personality that he lacks. Um, and also know, the that was, that ability was, to do whatever the hell he wants, which is how Odo would love to be in general. Right, but Odo's so, like, stiff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that that was very interesting, too. Yeah, I thought it was... Um, yeah, it was. It was, it was. And the tricks, you know, the transfer, you see the hair growing. Like, it really is... It's really quite fascinating. And then yeah. he changes his clothes and, and quarks and... Yeah, it's just, yeah. Uh, it's a, yeah, they would, uh, that would be an interesting character, you know, had they decided to continue that. I mean, it, obviously they wouldn't have, and, mm-hmm. but um, it's definitely very interesting. And then we move on to Rejoin. Why not do the work here with me? With you. The two of us together, you, you know what that would mean. I know exactly what that would mean. But I think it's worth the price. (sighs) That's funny. Basil just spent the last half hour trying to convince me that it wouldn't be worth it. He wants me to go back to Trill with him tomorrow. Try to forget about you. Well, at least he's consistent. Don't be too hard on him. He's only trying to look out for his big sister. Everyone is trying to look out for us. Protect us from ourselves. But in the end, all that matters is how we feel and what we do about it. Because either way, we're the ones who have to live with the consequences. That's the tricky part, though, isn't it? Living with the consequences. When you're not with me, when you're not around, it's like a part of me is missing. I want to be with you more than anything, but I don't think that I can do this. Dax, I am not like you. I don't have a little Curzon inside me telling me to be impulsive, to ignore the rules, to give up everything that I've worked for. Can you really walk away from me? From us? After all this time we're together, don't throw that away. I don't want to! Maybe I need more time. Maybe if I go back to Trill for a while, I, I'll think it over. I, I can always come back later. I wish I could believe you. But ultimately, it comes down to this. If you feel about me the way I feel about you, You won't go on that transport tomorrow. And if you do leave, I think we both know you're never coming back again. Not even, you know, six episodes later, you know, early in season four, we give a summary of rejoined. Yeah. So Cisco summons Dax to his office with serious news. A group of Trill scientists led by Dr. Lenara Khan will use the Defiant to conduct experiments. And so we find out that uh, Khan is a former 
um, symbiote that was married to Tarius. Tarius Dax. Yes. So mm-hmm. um, this really, I mean. Yeah, I, I picked this episode because I think that obviously yeah. it, it's an interesting exploration of Dax and her character. But then it's also the first same-sex female kiss on Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there is like, that, yeah. I was like, oh, so relevant. You know, obviously. It's yeah. Something, it's definitely Yeah. Relevant. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. So the big question for me in this episode really is, you know, the understanding that I thought, you know, although that although she feels that love, Mm-hmm. That it would be kind of like the idea of love and not the actual emotion of love. Like as a historical, like past relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that person, but I don't not bringing that current. And it really seemed yeah. like the Dax symbiote was, was controlling Jadzia. Well, I think the so, other thing though, that Jadzia mentioned is that she and Lenara, I'm saying her name, yeah, right? Lenara, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that they actually have more chemistry than, or more things in similar, um, like more similarities than Tarias and I don't remember the previous con host had. Host, right? Yeah. So I think that there was also an element where they also had a certain level of chemistry with each other. But obviously, that was. That, that was amplified by yeah past i mean it was only possible because right. they of their past lives not because like if their current hosts were like i i would imagine that if their current hosts were like too different and like you know they didn't you know that they didn't get along for a reason then we wouldn't have seen this happen but right. the fact that they're both scientists and they both um just seem to kind of get along in some ways um you know made it possible yeah, you know, and, and thinking back, you know, Tarias dies in a shuttle accident. So, mm-hmm. which is, which he is piloting, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And obviously his body didn't burn up or something because we have right. the Dax symbiote. So there's that piece of, you know, piece of like not understanding what happened there. But obviously they were young, very much in love, kind of like, um, you know, there. It, it was Tarias and then Duran, right? Yeah, so. I think Duran was, wasn't that the whole thing? Wasn't that whole thing where Duran got the Dax symbiote because, like, it was was it kind of an emergency or something? I don't remember. I, I mean, now that I mean, probably, but I'd have to go back and rewatch the episode again to, yeah, to see how that. I feel there was something there. Yeah, like I, but I don't remember. I, I, we had to go back and watch what Equilibrium or something. Yeah, we'd have to go back and watch Equilibrium again, which I guess would be a good good watch to uh to do now that you've kind of jumped forward and seen all of the hosts and seen this lenara con you can kind of go back and see so you know they are really building out a really fascinating dax history but and it'll be really awesome if we got a dax in the 31st century that'd be really cool. i know that would be cool i don't know what's gonna happen but i don't know either but um, um that would be really cool but yeah, I thought the this episode was interesting because, you know, obviously there it's not about, you know, two women loving each other. Like that's taboo. The taboo component is that, 
their previous hosts. Yeah, because their previous hosts were married. And that part, like, kind of re, like, re, I get, I don't remember if there was a term for it, but there was reintegrating or something like that. Yeah, integrating. There was some sort of term, but basically, like, living that again, like, in a new host. Yeah. And that is, that's the part because Kira and Julian had this whole conversation at the beginning because Kira was like, I don't understand how if two people love each other, like, you know, why is it wrong? And then right. Julian had to do the whole, you know, exposition of like explaining why in troll society is taboo and, and it's not it's looked down on. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think if there was some tie to the fact that this was sort of a LGBTQ kind of push in some ways. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure. I mean, but then they, it's kind of like um, what happened with like William Shatner and Nichelle Nichols. Nichelle Nichols. Oh my God, Nichelle Nichols, you know, like where their characters were, you know, they, they had a moment, but they weren't in control, you know? So it was kind of like, yes, but no. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like they want to like push the envelope, but at the same time, they kind of, they, they kind of contextualize it in this like sci-fi way where it is pushing the envelope, but almost like not really, you know? Um, so yeah. I think this episode is similar in that way where it's, oh, it's not about, you know, that the taboo part is not about two women, women it's loving about, each yeah. other and kissing each other. It's, it's reassociation is yes. what it's okay. called, yes. reassociation. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, right? Yeah, it just seems like, yeah, it, it's, I mean, I get it. I, I guess I'm still struggling with the fact that I just, you know, they just saw each other once and suddenly there's this chemistry there which can certainly happen. I, I'm not, I'm not denying that. It just seemed a little forced and I felt like it was almost, you know, looking back at it now, yeah, it was important to have that first female and female kiss in Star Trek. Sure. I understand that. Um, but I think that it also really begs the question, like how much, from my perspective, I would see that when you have a symbiote and you have all these memories, that they're memories, but they're not, you don't, you don't have the attached feelings, mm. you know, it's so that's, that's what I struggle with is like how much, it seems like the symbiote had more control than Jadzia did. Like, it's sort of like where the, the symbiote kind of took control versus. Well, I, I kind of interpreted it as like the feelings were just so strong that it was hard okay. to ignore you know like i i didn't see it necessarily as her losing control but the fact that tarias died so tragically and that their relationship was not resolved in some ways um okay that makes you know makes that i think that yeah i think that even if it's just memories i think that i mean because did kind of articulate how Tarias was very regretful, like you know the mem- you know was very regretful that he didn't listen to her, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly, and it seemed yeah. like there was, even if it's memories, but th- I guess the feelings are so strong that, like you know, I, I, at some point it's like hard to separate where it was because their relationship 
was left on a cliffhanger in some ways and yeah right yeah no that makes sense you know yeah you know definitely and and it's very clear I mean uh that the two have chemistry I mean it's just you you, even when the brother and the the head scientists are talking uh and you see Lenara and Dax in the background you can see the chemistry across the room yeah um so it, it's just, yeah, it, you know, it just, I think Terry Farrell played it really well. And, uh, you know, the, the kiss wasn't, was a great kiss. I mean, it was, you know, cautious and yet passionate and filled with everything that like all of the emotions. So I think that they did a really wonderful job with it. Um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, just, you know, more, I, I, again, more world building, right. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think this is a great addition like we had. And what's nice is that we also got to bring back Trill in Discovery. So, um, you know, I think that that's, you know, and at, looking back at these and actually picking Dax, it brings even more like that Star Trek legacy, that mm. that history, like all of these episodes that they did to create this world of Trill, they brought to Discovery too. And, and that respect for that, I think is really great. So um, yeah, it would re- be really cool to see Dax in the 31st century. That would be pretty, pretty awesome in whatever way. I think that would be cool. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I wonder if they would be hesitant because they don't want to like have to up, upend, well, up, upend Adira. Right. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. It might be just too much of a distraction or something. I don't know. Yeah. Although it could be someone who uh, the Dax symbiote could be in someone who could help Adira. Yeah. Maybe. You know, I think so, it'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a fan. I would be in favor of it. But anyway, that's, uh, that's, a, you know, some of the, re- I mean, just, I think the overall, my overall takeaway for why I love Dax is, one, you know, Terry Farrell really played her well. And I was actually same kind of shock that she was killed at the end of season six. Yeah. That, there was so much like backstage drama about that. Yeah. Apparently. Which would have been much more broadcast in the times now than, oh, they, yeah. would have, oh my God. Uh, than they were back then. But, um, you know, back then we had news feeds and things like that. <laughs> RSS feeds. Our, our, before even, you know, that, like, they were actually, you know, so, yeah, it's 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 kind of, it would have been great to see what Jedzia became in season seven, but we, you know, we did get get um, get more Dax in, in season seven with Esri. So, um, yeah, uh, love Dax. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hope to see her again or see the Dax again, not her. But yes. yeah. So anyway, that's uh that's our women of trek for Deep Space Nine. For Deep Space Nine, right? Uh yeah. there next, are more. There, there are more women. More. There are. We're gonna move on to Voyager next episode. So. Yes, yeah, your favorite. <laughs> your favorite series. I, I still I and I really enjoy my Voyager rewatch. I, I felt I felt like I uh found a new appreciation for it actually i mean yeah i did i definitely uh, i am appreciating it a little bit more in voyager so but i did pause it when we had new truck out for 23 weeks and then some other things came up on tv to watch so 
my I'm still paused in my Voyager rewatch. And now I'm watching now. I know we're not doing off topic, but it's like I need more shows. Oh, I mean, no, I, I told you you need to be watching Babylon 5. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. You need to watch Babylon 5. I watched like two episodes of I, I so I skipped the movie and I watched like two episodes. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, if you yeah, again, you you the production value, if you set aside the pro- production values to some extent and just immerse yourself in the story, no. it's a it's a world building as you move through it, it's just world building. Yeah, I need to go back to that. Yeah. So that's why why my Voyager rewatch. Are you still doing your Babylon 5 rewatch? Yeah, I'm slowly watching it. I've slowed down. I'm in the middle of season two right now. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, yeah. I haven't watched a lot of TV lately, so our off topic would be brief. I mean, you know. So. I mean, we haven't done off topic in a while. We haven't even, t- we've, We've talked about like WandaVision a little bit, but we haven't. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about it this episode. No. We'll save it for another time. time. Uh, But we are going to head on down and see our favorite counselor, Deanna, in our segment we like to call. Deanna. Dishing with Deanna. Come in. Hi. You got a minute? Sure. So Johnson, uh, other than being on death's doorstep, what is going? <laughs> not really. That's an over dramatization. Although never, um, we never dramatize, over dramatize. Right? Um, although there were a lot of coffin and uh, tombstone oh, emojis, yes. emojis going on in in our group chat. Uh, but what else has been going on? How how is work going? I mean, you you managed to continue working yes i took no days off that is crazy but there was like there were a couple meetings where i probably shouldn't have been there because it was like i had there were a couple client meetings where i literally like was falling asleep because i was Mm. so tired i was like it was very embarrassing i could not keep my eyes open that usually does not that does not happen to me in meetings um but this time i was just so tired so that was kind of dumb, but whatever. I, I, I actually did apologize. Uh, like yesterday, I talked to one of the clients like that was on that meeting as a one-off. And I was like, I don't know if you noticed, but I was like falling asleep and I apologized because I had COVID. And he was like, oh, I didn't even notice. So it was fine. All right. Well, that's, yeah. that's good. Um, but um, no, work has been good. Um, things, you know, I've been there for three months now and things are, have gotten to a rhythm, but we did have one person give notice this week and it was kind of tragic. It was, she's like so smart. Um, um, she's like one of those people that, she, you know, it's just a blow to yeah. the company that she's leaving. And um, is she leaving for a better opportunity or? She, she's done with living the agency life. Like, got it. He's going like more like in house somewhere. So it's like, so she's not working for an agency anymore. <clears throat> so um, that was uh, that was sad, and it was hard to deliver the news to our clients because she's so great. But it is what it is. You know, life life moves on. This happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that my whole week was basically uh, kind of dealing with that and trying to figure out the best way to tell our clients and you know blah blah blah. 
So, but that was, yeah, that was, that was a major drama this week, but I would say that overall things have been good. Yeah. I mean, there are still things I'm figuring out like process wise. Um, but I think overall, I, yeah, overall I'm enjoying it. I'm learning, um, you know, I'm being challenged, which is what I wanted. So yeah, you know, I, uh, I'm having a good time. That's good. Yeah. I mean, that's it, you know, and, and it's only, you know, you haven't even, you haven't even gotten 90 days. Yeah. It's like on the, on the very cusp uh, of, yeah. Few whole months, yeah. So, but yeah. So other than that, so <clears throat> the past three weeks were about being sick work. Um, I haven't seen many people, obviously, obviously so like quarantining. So, right. Um, yeah, that, that was, it was fine. Like, you know, I, I, I didn't really feel like going like, I, I was feeling stir crazy or anything. I, I, I felt okay, but I'm excited to like see people again. Yeah, so sure. That, yeah. But yeah, that's kind of it. Um, I'm kind of uh, bored with my fish tank. Yes. I mentioned that to you. Yes, you did. Um, and you know, it's like, I'm like trying to like uh, spend time looking at it. Cause I'm like, okay, like it's too soon. I can't be, so over already so i'm like purposely putting aside time to like look at it and then when i do look at it i'm like oh this is great um but at the same time i'm kind of like i need like a new hobby or or to what you're saying i need a matchmaker <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I need so to, like, go dating or something i don't yeah, know. i don't I know think... if that's gonna really help me i mean it'll give you something to focus something on to do something yeah to. you know i i i i still like the idea of of a matchmaker for you i still think that would be to it you know it's just like i've never tried it before and it's an investment and right I'm, yeah you know uh i'm like well will to what end to, will it result in like anything will it be you know will or will it be well i mean you're paying so there is like their job no, i understand no i understand That's, i'm also kind of like will it just be a waste of money like oh yeah you know yeah um so that's like my my main thing but at the same time i'm like oh my god i'm almost 40 and you know i i haven't had much experience when it comes to the dating dating scene yeah so i don't know we'll see well, I mean, things are starting to open up. You're you're all you're all antibodied up now. I am. For, it's true for six months. So yeah. Well, I'm I'm still I still want the vaccine. But yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm of course somewhat yeah. covered. Yeah, you're you're in good shape for the. You, you know, you can. Your your place in line is not as important right now. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think matchmaking would be a great way to spend some time. Spend time doing something. Yeah. I mean, other than, you know, other than like the what you've already done, which is like the swipe left, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the, the the conversations which start out with, uh, you know, them talking to you in Chinese. And, oh, my God. And you saying, uh, you know, yeah, I need an I English want... speaking. Yeah, I don't understand you. Sorry. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, if anyone out there knows of a great game matchmaker. Well, there are a few. I just, but I don't have enough. There aren't like. Reviews, there's not enough, enough reviews, data. Right. And also, yeah. yeah. There's not enough data. We need and data. I don't. 
know enough people that have done it to right. to recommend a service. Yeah. I feel that would be helpful if like someone actually tried a service and was like, oh yeah, this was like, you know, I, I got a lot of data on this. If someone can tell me that, I'm like, okay, I'll try it. Yeah. I you think, know, well, but... maybe someone out there can. Um, we'll, we'll keep talking about it and, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's me. What's going on with you? How's life? Uh, it's busy right now. It's, uh, it's Holy Week. So I can't believe it's almost Easter. Yeah, Easter is uh, next I Sunday. Can't, I can't. Um, yeah, so things it's are April. Very, things are very busy. Um, with that uh, work, and yeah, I'm still I've still got my side gig going, and That's right. And what else? Um, let's see. I'm back to running, so I've run three three days this week. Or actually, oh, oh no, like this is today. Um, so a little, little honesty with our listeners. We, this is the second half of the recording. So this is Saturday afternoon and I yeah, we had to break up this, uh, this recording. Yeah. So I ran, so this would be four, four runs in a week. So that's a lot. Yeah. They're all five K's roughly, but they're getting, today was, today was better. And, um, so I have, um, so you're approaching 40. I'm on the, I'm in my <laughs> late forties. Yes. And so I have made, well, this is, I've told Dennis this, but I haven't told anyone else. I want to run a marathon before I turn 50. Ugh, why? I, Cause I need goal. I like goals like that. Like yeah. I need, I need something to like work towards. Um, Get a fish tank yeah no <laughs> <laughs> i'm so no. it's fun and you like you know start chasing no, like, i i mean i like the balls. yeah no no that is not for me um oh. but yeah i i um if you ever change your mind let me know okay all right uh thank you i appreciate that <laughs> anytime um uh, no so yeah so i i, I have a, a good two and a half over about two and a half years to go on that so i and even to be have you ever run a full marathon no i've run a half so it'd be my first marathon oh wow okay so right before COVID, it's a lot of training it's, it is it's a lot of training lot yeah of yeah so that's why you know i've given myself two and a half years to do this um you know a year ago right before lockdown happened i ran my first half marathon with Dennis. We went to Florida and ran a half marathon and we trained through last winter for that. Um, last winter was much warmer than this winter has been. Mm, So, um, and then once we got in lockdown, there was very little running and we didn't get a treadmill until May. So, or late April, early May of last year. So, um, so yeah, so just getting back into training again and running regularly and getting my body used to that again. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so, and obviously I, well, unlike you, and we've shared this before, I gained a few pounds in, I gained about 15 pounds in the lockdown. So yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So unlike your negative one or half yeah. pound or whatever I, I it was. I weigh myself again. I might have lost like a couple of pounds because of COVID. I, I would think you had. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
so yeah, so uh, it's getting myself back into shape physically to to be able to do that. So my, but the funny thing is, so here, uh, and I was looking at races because I once I'm fully vaccinated, I feel more comfortable going out and running races mm-hmm. in public, and so, um, but there aren't any 10ks, and 10ks for me, like right now, are the stretch goal. Like uh-huh. I can do a 5k um, pretty easily it still hurts or it didn't hurt today, thankfully, but still working out the kinks, but a 10 K would be a goal, but there are no 10 K races. The next 10 K race that I've seen out there is August. And I'm like, I'm are there ready. even there are, there are full marathons. still right now. Yeah. So there's five Ks and then there's half marathons and marathons. So, wow. um, as things sort of open up and depending on the city and location of it, uh, they are doing, starting to, to schedule and do more races. So, okay. Okay. Um, you do have, you do have kind of the option to do it virtually too. So there's that. What? Yeah. Um, so you, what you run on your own and you, yeah, track. you run on your own or oh, that's yeah. Weird. Yeah. So, um, but I'm also that's not insane. in the mood to, I'm not ready yet to be in the, like, like last year, be in this big long line with hundreds of people. I know that's me. the thing. I'm kind of like, oh, like, yeah. So no, they they have staggered happening. start times based upon your your speed and things like that. So um, and it's also much more limited. So, but I'm not ready to run a half marathon again. That I know. So that would be a fail um, <laughs> if I if I tried to do that. So so I'm starting to get trained. You know, starting to train up for that again. Uh, but okay. Like, Uh, But my goal is, yeah, goals. Goals. Yeah. So that's what's uh, that. We, uh, Dennis and I went away last weekend, got out of the city. We went to the North Fork of Long Island, did some wine tastings. It sounds like it was very relaxing. It was. It was. I still think you guys need to get like a new bed. (laughs) Yes. Every time you guys go on vacation, it's all about how great the bed is. Yes. And I'm like, yeah. we had a we had a king bed, uh, which which is way too much. But um, yeah, we currently sleep on a what is it? Full size bed. It's a full. Yeah. And a queen would be nice. I have a bigger bed than you guys. You do. <laughs> and I like sleep like unlike Dennis, who sprawls. I like sleep like at the very edge. I take up like, <laughs> six, I take up, like six inches. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, Dennis sprawls and rolls over on top of me, and like, that's yeah. Ridiculous. So yeah, um, so yeah, maybe maybe a feature, <laughs> yes, a feature with a queen size bed would be nice. Yeah, um, but yeah, so it was really relaxing. We took lot, we took some naps. We did wine tastings. We had um, a couple of great brunches. The dinners were they were okay. Okay. Um, I, I think being in the city with so many options kind yeah. of uh, ruins things for us when we. It's more about the atmosphere when you get out of the city. Yeah, than yeah. like less about. I the mean, food. even when we went to like Saratoga Springs and the Star Trek tour, I, the food was definitely like questionable. I mean, like it was fine. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, was fine. fine. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. It was like I we were all very well. I was very critical. You were very critical. I was we very were, critical. Uh, the rest of us were underwhelmed about it. You were yes. You yeah. were very very. 
vocally critical. Well, you know critical. what, bitch? That's what happens when you oversell because we were asking recommendations. Yeah, that's gonna true. say, this is great, yeah. this is great. I'm going to tell yeah. you if it's not. Sorry. Yes, yeah. Yeah, but that's fine. It's all right. Yeah, I think we just have a different experience down here in New York City yeah, versus it's, other places. It's not entirely so, fair. Yeah, no, it's not. No. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think you're right. When we when we leave the city and go other places, it's more about the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. And, and where we are and what we're doing. So, yeah. Uh, but we, you know, we actually, and I'm not going to use any names, not that there's anyone listening from North Fork, but you never know. But um, we did. So on Sunday, we were going for brunch and we were walking around a little bit, just taking in the fresh air before we found a place. And I got okay. a coffee okay. um, from a local place, which was delicious. But it was, uh, you know, I was sipping it. You, you, so the, the problem with the whole mask thing, let's just take a sidebar. I, I believe very strongly in masks. Yes. But I am a walker around with my coffee in the I city. I know, I am too. It's kind of sad because I went out today. And oh, it's yeah. kind of sad because I like got, I went to Chinatown. Yeah, got bubble tea. Oh and yeah, I was like I don't know what's acceptable because I really want to drink this right now. But yeah, I need to like remove my mask. So I just ended up. What I did was I just ended up standing like, like off the side of the sidewalk so that yeah. people wouldn't feel like I'm too close to them, and I just yeah. stood there and drank my bubble tea, <laughs> like versus like you know walking around and like you know yeah. I felt very self conscious, and I was like oh like. This sucks, you know. It, it sucks that you you need to even think about like you can't just drink something and walk around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you know, I still had a good portion, like probably three quarters of a of a coffee in my hand from a local place, and so we're going to another local place. So the, there are no like these are all local places. Yeah, there's no there's no chilies or there's no Applebee's. That these are all local restaurants. And uh, we we go into this other place for brunch and I, I have my coffee. And then as she seats us, she says, can I take your coffee? Oh. And I was like, uh, she's like, we don't allow outside drinks. Oh, well, that, that happens was, at some restaurants. Yeah, I was just taken aback by it. One, because it's a, like a small town, like it's not a, you know, it's not a, big place and it's clearly from another vendor and you're um and I hadn't really finished it and I was really surprised by that um I was yeah and so I handed it to her but it was like three quarters full and it was a you know a nice cafe mocha freshly made down the street and I was just really I was I was bothered by that that's annoying yeah and then Dennis I don't like it when restaurants do that no, I didn't like it at all. And and so Dennis didn't like that. And then we were looking at the menu and we were like, not that, in, you know, we we're like, eh. I think, you know, it, um, it just, it put us both off. And we were like, as she went away, we were like looking at the menu and we're like, do you want to eat here? And I was like, no, I don't. And oh. so we got up and left. Oh. And then we went, we went into a wine shop down the street and Dennis was talking to the owner and she was like, where he, he was like, where, where's a good place to go for brunch. And she said the place that we just walked out. Oh. So we were like, okay, thanks. And then we like walked and we went to the place that we went on Saturday, which oh. was phenomenal. So, yeah. um, so we went there and they recognized us like, Oh, you're back again. And I was like, yep, we are. <laughs> we guess we got total. Well, we got, Oh, by the way, they had this place first and South. 
I will, I will shout out that place. Um, first in South and in Greenport, New York. Okay. Um, yeah. Let me go there right now. Yeah. Go there. Um, they have the best Mac and cheese we have ever had. Wow. So, so good. Wow. So we got it on the first, we got it on Saturday. We're blown away by it. We came back the next day. We were ordering, we ordered other dishes, but we were like, we need another Mac and cheese. Oh, wow. And it was still phenomenal. Wow. Um, so good. One of the best mac and cheeses ever. So if you're ever Goodness. out in the North Fork of Long Island and you go to Greenport, New York, go to First and South. Highly recommend. Oh. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Do you have you guys have any other vacation plans in the future? So we're talking about going on a cross-country trip. This oh, summer. yeah, that's right. Oh, my so God. That is um, that happening. Yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. When? Um. July, probably. Okay. July, August. That time frame. Is that going to be like what? Two weeks? Yeah, two weeks or a little bit more if we can a squeeze long it. Trip. Well, we're we're talking about different ways to do it because we're talking about going to Napa. We're talking about maybe going. You know, go. So we when he first when Dennis first brought it up, we were talking about going to Seattle. Hmm. And then driving back and driving along okay. north north. Of, you're really close to the mic, by the okay, way. I'm <laughs> continue continue your thought process so um so we talked about going that way and then dennis has been watching a lot of discovery plus uh food shows and has oh. um has now picked out all these places that we must go to and so oh, wow. most of them are in the southern united states so okay. we're talking about flying to san diego but we still like the idea of going to napa and then maybe oh. driving down the pacific coast highway and so i don't know uh so it's it's still in process of, as to where we'll go but then we also talked about possibly like if there's so many places we could drive to some and then hop like take a plane or something mm -hmm. else mm -hmm. to kind of cover more ground and have more time in a place so yeah, driving that whole way is that just sucks out a lot of time. Yeah. And, and one of the things too is it's going to be, you know, part of the planning of this trip is uh, working out. Like I, if oh. we're driving, like I, like I do not want to, I, I, we need to figure out how we're going to work out for like 30 minutes to an hour every day. Right. Right. Um, just to keep that up. So, yeah. So that's, uh, that's our future plans. I don't know if we don't really have anything between now, then now and then that trip, but I'm sure we'll okay. figure out something. You'll probably do another weekend somewhere. Yeah. Uh, getting out of the city for a weekend is kind of imperative. So, yeah, so that's, uh, that's pretty much all that's going on with me right now. Okay. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. All right. Cool. As you know, Dance sets, do you I, do, do you do, but our listeners probably do or do not. I do not know, but they should know that fan sets supports the Trek Geeks podcast network and yeah, is our cool. premium sponsor. And I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> I can't help you. So fan sets is great. And they've given our listeners a 10% discount on anything. If you go over to fan sets, I know that have you bought more is... pins recently? I have not. Okay. Are you done? I'm done for now. Yeah. Yeah. For now. Where's your pin board? Uh, it's still in the other room. Oh. It's not in my new office, you know, okay. so I don't really get to look at it very much. Um, okay. 
until I get the shelving system built in here. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah, so, uh, but they do have a great Jazia pin. Have to shout that out. I'm trying uh, to think if they have a, I did I'm not sure do they my- have, They have, they must have a Kira pin. Yeah, I don't know if it's a micro, um, micro pin or- Are you looking it up? I am looking it up right now. I'm gonna uh-huh. type in Kira, because okay. there's only one Kira. Look at that. There's a Women of Trek Kira Nari Series 1 glitter. So you can get that. Um, there's also a micro crew pin of Kira. Um, and then obviously the there is uh, a Dax pin, which I have. And there is a uh, also a micro crew pin for Jadzia. So go on, go on over to Fansets. Put a bunch of pins in there. If you are in the U.S. and you put in yes, your cart is more pins. than 30, what? I said, yes, buy the pins. Buy the pins. Yes. Buy the pins. Um, but if you put more than $30, then you'll get free shipment in the U.S. And if you use our code DSPRIDE, you'll get all 10%. Caps. All caps. You'll get 10% off your order. So go on over to Fansets. They're an amazing crew over there who... Um, run it and we thank fansets for supporting deep space pride and the trek geeks podcast network thanks fansets so i probably do one of these shout outs but i just have such a lack of enthusiasm for pins so. yes it's not your thing i you always have, let you do it if they if they have if they had fish <laughs> you would if they're like yeah saltwater yeah, fish that'd be saltwater dope. fish yes yeah no, that's that's all right. But um, I do want to give one more shout out. Oh, right. So one of our do fans, and, and I'll say, you know, our only fan? No, but our one own, of our, our fans. Fan. He's not our only fan. But a couple episodes ago, I mentioned talking to someone on Twitter about uh, what to watch now that 23 weeks of start, brand new Star Trek was over. And so I got his name right. What? Did he make the recommendation? No, he said he asked or he shared. I think he shared. He shared his watching 24. Remember? We talked about Oh, that. Yes. And I said, and I suggested once again, Babylon 5, which I think is, oh, and he started watching it and said it skipped. And that's where our whole conversation went. But he just tweeted at us yesterday and said he just listened to our Woman in Motion episode and was really fascinated by. The documentary so um and then in i guess in that episode I, is when i messed up his name i think i called him simon but his real name is samuel slade oh my god that's he a completely is different. uh yeah sam slade 80 on twitter go follow him give him a shout out but i wanted to give him a shout out because i did mess up his name and it's been great to talk to sam on twitter um, you're better at community engagement than i am i just can't be bothered well so i mean a little bit but i i realized that i i'm more into instagram and then we we get emails in our deep space pride at gmail.com account that tells we? us we have we do oh you mean notifications or people aren't yeah we us. get notifications okay i'm I have um and at one point we had 109 notifications and i was like okay i've not logged into my twitter account in a while Okay. So I um, I logged in and that's when I started talking with Sam and uh, a bunch of other. We got shouted Boss out. Simon. No, <laughs> 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 no, 
No. So we want to thank Sam uh, for being a great listener. Sam Slade. And uh, let's see. So you can follow us at Deep Space Pride on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. I think we both use Instagram more. Yes. So that's I, why I do not. I'm not really like I, I use Twitter for work, but oh, I, okay. I, can't, yeah. I, I can't. I don't use I don't use Instagram or Twitter for work. That is some the realm of someone else's job. Thankfully. Well, I work in digital marketing, so I can't. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. But every company has their you know, their social person. I am not it. Um, but I am trying to check in with with um, Twitter a little bit more. Um, although when I flip back and forth between our account, between Deep Space Pride and my account, yeah, I sometimes confused. I uh, post some things on what? Deep Space Pride. Oh, really? Um, I not not, not anything that I. I mean, so if you if you see something on Twitter, it's from me. But anyway, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have any great Jazia or Kira moments that really mean a lot to you, or if you want to tell us about any other. Women of Trek and DC Nine that mean a lot to you. Please let us know. And yes. um, that's it for. Uh, that's all I have, right? That's it. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and you already mentioned that next week we're going to be talking be talking about Voyager. We're gonna so, yes. You're gonna lead that though, conversation yes. because you just in your COVID time finished the rewatch. I did. Yes. So. I I did skip some of like um. The holodeck like some holodeck oh, episodes yeah, yeah. like captain no you were doing captain like an episode i skipped or something oh I there's a big i skipped like uh, the leonardo da vinci episode oh, okay because i really fucking can't <laughs> like big fontaine on ds9 it's like the, all those episodes I, i'm just you like just, I, I you don't have the patience i, I can't yeah. be bothered well wow. i really can't be bothered well you're gonna lead that conversation as we talk about Two of the women of Star Trek Voyager. Yes. And um, I think we know who we're going to talk about, but I don't yes. want to I, well, I don't want to we'll, lock ourselves in. Right. Exactly. So That's we'll we'll talk about that next week. And until then, thanks for listening. Let us uh, let us know what you think out there in the Twitterverse or in Instagram. Or you can email us at dspacepride at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. Yeah. But I don't expect you guys to. Anyway. Anyway. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Have a great week. Bye, everyone. Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Coconut!